Joining me today is a very special guest, world team member at all ages for the United States women's freestyle team, an international delight, all around great human and advocate. Yep, I was I knew I was gonna work it in there. I like uh, that. <laughs> Jenna Burkett. So Jenna, what's up? Thanks for uh, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Making Absolutely. my Monday much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The days are starting to run together with quarantine, so um so yeah, been a been a wild few days in wrestling for sure. Um, you know, and we'll touch on yeah, we'll touch on some of it. Um, but you know, first and foremost, so one of the things that's been going on lately, obviously, one of the conversations I should say, you know, unfortunately, the the topic behind it, as far as the struggles that the girls and that women deal with in the sport of wrestling, um, obviously, that's something that's always been present, you know, and you can speak directly to that, you know, and a lot of it has, in more ways than one, has come to light, um, you know, it's had a spotlight the last couple of days, but you know, for you personally, you know, our our you know, we just talked before we started rolling here, you know, we both graduated high school in 2011, you know, our age group was really the one that has seen women's wrestling, like take a huge upswing, which has been awesome. But for you growing up, you know, and I've heard you tell the story before, but talk about how you got involved with wrestling to begin with. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that's a good point that you brought up of how this generation is so different. And I put on my Twitter today because Aaron Golson and I had a conversation over the weekend of like, when were we first introduced to women's wrestling? And I was like, you know, I started at six years old. Uh, was the, my parents obviously didn't want me to wrestle. They thought it was crazy. I convinced them to let me, uh, cause my mom is like, you know, thug New Yorker. And she's like, Jenna, <laughs> are you crazy? You're going to be the only girl. And I was like, yeah, what's your point? And she was like, I guess I don't have one. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I sold myself. And then I knew um, I knew to earn respect, I had to keep winning. You know, I couldn't mm -hmm. be average. You couldn't be a female wrestler in a male-dominated sport and be average or below average. I had to excel. I had to work harder, you know, um, and really earn my respect. And so after just a few short years, and you got to take for granted, I did this when I was young. I didn't start as a freshman. And, mm -hmm. and I, my hat goes, like, I tip my hat off to those people who start later because you're just not as known. And so people, people tend to look at things that are unfamiliar in an uncomfortable manner, right? Um, so I was lucky. I started early, and I did that. And I really, I really think I earned the respect of the guys and my coaches all knew I was serious and we were invested in wrestling. We went to all the camps. I met Carrie McCoy when I was literally seven years, seven or eight years old. And I was obsessed with him. He's also from the school that I went to. So he went to Rocky Point. So I also went to Longwood. So I did Rocky oh, Point. And okay. then, yeah. So I did those two schools. Um, and so you know, I met him and I remember at a young age, he was like talking to my mom and was like, Hey, you need to make sure she stays in this because she's going to be something. Just make sure she stays in it. And as a young kid, like, I didn't even know what that meant. Like wrestling wasn't even in the Olympics for women. So I just knew I liked yeah. to kick ass and I just wanted to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, that's just to be honest, that, that is what I wanted to do. You know, it's wrestling's always been fun for me. Mm -hmm. So at what point, you know, Coach McCoy tells you that, right? Obviously, I mean, for any of us, right? That stuff doesn't register when we're kids. You don't understand. It's just you're doing what's in front of you. You're trying not to get yelled at by mom and dad on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, at what point, 
did it really be shift from like, Hey, this is fun to like, this is really something I do. Like, this is something I want to do long-term, you know, whether it be serious at a high school level, you know, and you had a really unique high school experience and everything. Um, you know, so you can kind of talk through that, but at what point was it like, okay, this is something I'm really serious about. Like I'm all in on this. Yeah. And I think that's a good question. Cause I feel like, you know, I did everything. I did all the sports. Uh, I was really into acting. I like shocking. Like I thought I was going to be a famous actress that is in my third grade yearbook when they asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, an Olympian and a famous actress. So I'm still hanging on to that. I might be able to swing both things. You know, I was going to say, they're still on the table. That, <laughs> that is, it is still in the back of my mind. I never became Vine famous, but like I said, it's still there. Um, no, but so I think when I made the decision to go to Northern Michigan, part of the you know United States Olympic Education Center, that was it, right? You know, because I think I didn't really know my worth at that age. I knew I was pretty good at the age level stuff. I went to the cadets my freshman year, uh, and they didn't have worlds at the time, so we went to Pan Ams. Mm -hmm. And you know, I won Pan Ams, and I was like, cool, this is really cool. I'm seeing people. You know, Aaron Golson was on my team at the time, mm -hmm. so you know, another world medalist, and I was like, wow, there's lot of really good females and then when they kind of mentioned the idea of northern michigan but they're like it'll be your senior year so you don't have to worry about it yet and i was like okay great and then when i came back to new york that summer uh, a college girl had left and like quit the team and so there was a spot there's a room opened up and they didn't want to offer it to another college girl so they added the fifth spot which would just be for me so that was along with helen uh aaron golston Veronica Carlson, Adeline, and myself. And okay. so that's when I had to really make the commitment, like, oh my God, like this is something I'm <laughs> going to have to move, leave my family, new school, like new everything. So that I think was the moment where I was like, it has to be kind of serious. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, and now how old were you at, that, at, at the point of that decision? 15. Jeez. What was that conversation like with mom and dad? Oh my goodness. I remember like sitting in the living room and I got the call and just like jumping up, like, this is going to be awesome. And then it just like sunk in. Cause my mom was like, Jen, we got to talk to your dad. He's still at work. Like this is just a phone call. And then it hit me like, Oh wait, hold up. I gotta, I gotta leave. Like I gotta leave everything. And so, you know, no father wants baby girl to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think we just, as a family, we've always invested into the bigger picture. Um, and we always, like, we always do everything. My whole family is super committed to everything. And, like, you know, my brother, I speak about him a lot. You know, he's autistic. He's five years older than me. Um, you know, they did everything for my brother, give him every opportunity to advance himself, you know. So, like, mm -hmm. he's done all types of animal therapy, uh, you know, swam with dolphins, music therapy, everything. So I pride my family on that. They're just all in whatever it is. And so when it came to wrestling and that, they were like, okay, we're all in if this is what you want to do. Awesome. So, so you get to Northern Michigan and, you know, Northern Michigan is still to this day, you know, it doesn't get discussed for all that it does for, you know, for the, on the women's side. And did you have a whole lot of overlap with the Greco program there as far as like interaction and everything? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's where I first met, you know, Spencer Mango, Nate Angle, mm -hmm. I mean, Ellis, like, we were all interacting. And the men's team 
it wasn't like, I mean, our practices were separate, but you know, I worked with Yvonne, like, uh, Willie worked with my gut wrenches, you know, like Jim Grunel, we all like collaborated and like helped each other out. So it definitely, uh, overlapped. And that's how I really got to know all those guys. So, you know, with the overlap there, just, I'm curious what, you know, what impact, what effect did that have on your, like just your personal style of wrestling and everything, having access. I mean, everybody knows, you know, it's a well-known thing that if you really want to learn a good gut and everything part, you know, elite Greco guys are the place to go to. Um, but what effect did having direct access and overlap with elite Greco wrestlers have on your development? It was a big effect. Like, you know, like I said, because Yvonne was there, I got to <laughs> learn <laughs> um, everything right uh, right from him, right from the source of his great technique. And so everything with the dummy throws and the Bulgarian bags and mm -hmm. uh, definitely worked with them. You know, it's no secret. I love to do gut wrenches. Like I love right. uh, if there was women's Greco, I'm there. Like if, <laughs> I will be there. And I will dominate that weight class. <laughs> um, Absolutely. And that's why I like Army WCAP too, right? Because again, it's, you know, my coach is Jermaine Hodge, multiple-time national team member for Greco-Roman. Um, so he's very much on that mindset of, you know, wrestling's wrestling and we can really learn from each other. And so now when we're at the OTC, usually Hodge does those like uh, big throws because that's, it's no secret that when we go overseas, we get stuck in these positions and we don't do too well there. Like we struggle mm -hmm. with somebody who, you know, double overs us and we freak out. We don't know what to do. And next thing you know, like <laughs> thrown on your head. And so that's something I'm really proud of what WCAP does. And they, you know, they put us in all types of uncomfortable situations. And luckily for WCAP athletes, it all overlaps. Yeah. So, you know, that, that's a perfect segue. Cause the next thing that, so you go through the Northern Michigan, you know, program and everything. And obviously at some point in there, you know, you know, you're going to go to the senior level. Um, you know, you've been elite in the sport the whole way through. And obviously, you know, while you were at Northern Michigan, you're competing to make national teams and world teams. And, and you touched on it with the Greco influence and that having a draw to WCAP, having, helping draw you to WCAP. But obviously there's the military aspect of it, right? And that that's something you know, obviously serving your country, it's an incredible thing to do. Um, we're all very thankful for all of you that do. But what was it that drove you to serve, to wrestle for WCAP, other, you know, other than just the Greco influence? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I feel like I could say to that. Um, you know, I feel just I'm so I'm passionate about WCAP. You know, I love mm -hmm. my team. I love the coaching staff. The thing that drew me to WCAP was their family aspect and it's hard to understand it from the outside i remember when i wasn't on the inside i was terrified of these guys like they were wherever they rolled they rolled with black and gold head to toe and they mm -hmm. didn't really talk to anybody else and i was oh, like yeah. oh jesus like <laughs> i don't want to talk to them and i wrestled othello lucas in the semifinals of dave schultz when i was like in high school and I remember wrestling her and they were going nuts. And I, I'm in high school and like, Othello is no joke. She's an incredible wrestler. And they are just going in against me, you know, like in support of Othello. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh my God. And then when I like, I won the match, I felt like I lost the match because <laughs> the <laughs> crowd was like, you know, and it's Dave Schultz. It's not yep. that popular. 
And I was like, wow, these guys go in for their team, no matter who it is, no matter what's happening. And that really, I was really drawn to that family aspect. And so being out in Colorado, I, you know, hung out with Nate and all those guys. And so I just kind of got to, and I knew them from Northern too. So that helped, right. you know, they went from Northern <laughs> to the army. And so that even though I went to the training center, I was still very much in touch with them. And then, you know, I was just in not a great place in my like wrestling and personal life. And I, it was a big leap of faith. You know, I, something about me is that I just, I give it some thought and then I go all in. Like, I'm not going to hear the chatter around it. Cause a lot of people were like, you shouldn't join that blah, blah, blah. And, <laughs> you know, I, I tuned them out right away and took the leap of faith and, you know, I, it's, it's been the best thing literally for my life. Yeah. So what year was it when you made the move out to Colorado Springs and went WCAP full time? I had to make, well, I made the move to Colorado in 2012 because okay. the women's team at Northern got cut. So I was kind of forced out here. Uh, yep. Yep. And I, it didn't, wasn't really my like the main thing I wanted, but I was kind of stuck <laughs> and I was already, I just finished my freshman year of college. I, didn't want to go rest. Like I had a lot of college offers, you know, but, and like my friends are on those teams, like Sarah and Allie, they were all at King and it would have been a good thing, but it, it just didn't fit what, what I wanted in life. It just, I never did that circuit of wrestling every week, like the college girls and guys do. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just didn't think it was going to be where I would have success. And so I moved into the training center, stayed there for, almost four years. And then I went to, I enlisted in, in the army in 2015 of September. And then I didn't go to basic until after Olympic trials in 2016. Okay. So just on a personal note, um, cause Jason Kutz was the RTC coach at Lehigh when I first got there and he yeah. left to go to WCAP. Did you have any overlap with Kutzy? So I never worked with him. He was the women's coach prior to me really mm -hmm. being a part of like by the time I got there, Soraki was there. Okay. Um, and so he was kind of working. I like, he comes in and works with uh, Tisha like, and yep. Raquel. So we do see him, but not, not as often. Okay. So, you know, as you go through that and, you know, you kind of spoke to this, right. Different seasons of your career, different seasons of life. You know, you, you have your ups and downs, you, on the broad spectrum of things, you know, your level of success at the senior level really starts to swing up um, between, you know, around 17 and 18. Um, in 18, you make final X, you're a spot away from making the world team. Last year, you make the world team. You know, talk about the highs and lows of that progression to get to getting through in final X in 2019 and, you know, kind of the personal stuff that runs in parallel to that too. Because, you know, as we all know, to do this at a high level, um, you know, and I've never done anything like what you do, but, you know, even at the college level, your personal life, everything runs in parallel so much. And there's so much that other people don't see that affects it from your support system, you know, on a, on a personal and a family level and everything else. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I felt like I had a lot of success early on, you know, like when I went to Northern, uh, it took about a year and then I was winning everything. Like mm -hmm. I was winning Fargo, I was winning folk style. I was winning the, all the the body bar, everything. And I was going over to international tournaments my sophomore year in high school and beating like world medalists. So I had a lot of 
early success. Mm -hmm. And I think it put a lot of pressure that I was not mature enough or I didn't have the understanding of how to handle that. It was, it was, I just let the weight crush me instead of like mm -hmm. being excited for all those opportunities. And, you know, I go from making the youth Olympic team in 2010 junior teams all throughout 20, you know, to 2013. And then right as I'm out of juniors, I make a senior world team. And mm -hmm. so everything's like going according to plan. Right. And then I was, you know, cause at the time I was like one of the it wrestlers, you know, I was high school wrestler of the year mm -hmm. twice. Oh. Trust me, and I remember. Was, was like supposed to yep. go and do all these great things. And then I would go to Junior Worlds and get ninth and go in fifth. And I could not understand like what was the issue, you know, like I had everything in my favor almost. And it was just truly like the mental side of things. I just, I couldn't get the pieces to, to fit perfectly. And I think it was like 2015 was my worst year ever of wrestling. I think I actually went 0-2 at the trials my first time. I was like, you know, I'd made all these national teams and then I couldn't even place at trials. It, it honestly still pisses me off. Um, <laughs> I got heated about it. But it was so important for my career now. Now I look at it and I'm like, thank God for that year of, you know, like I don't think people realize, you know, like they just look at us as like we're just wrestlers and that's all we do. And the truth is like there was so much personal stuff going on and I just wasn't equipped to handle it. Very low self-esteem. Um, and I didn't care about wrestling. It, it meant nothing to mm -hmm. me. And when you go and you look at my performance at trials, it 100% shows that I didn't care. And, you know, I, I thought I was going to take my shoes off that match. But when I lost for that, whatever, that, uh, when I lost twice in that tournament, I literally thought I was going to take my shoes off and was devastated. And I didn't know what to do with it. And then... I had a pretty good Olympic trials. I'm not too upset about that. You know, I, I think I, what did I get? Six at Olympic trials. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it was, it was pretty good for the time. Like dealt with that. And then I got shipped off to basic training and this is truly where my life changed, you know? So I go to basic training and I'm devastated from Olympic trials because the person who made the Olympic team I've beaten, you know? And so it was just like, that's hard to understand. You know, you're like, well, dang, I've beaten these people, but I didn't this day. And, but at basic training, they don't care. They didn't care I was a wrestler. They don't, they, <laughs> those drill sergeants do not care who you are, you know? So I, it was amazing because I had to shift into this other mindset of wrestling didn't exist. I wasn't that person here. I got to finally like discover who I was. And, you know, I ended up like doing all this stuff and like, I was just like excelling at it, you know? And for wrestling, we do all this stuff for a while that sometimes you put yourself in this wrestling box and that's all you are. And then when I got put in this military aspect, you have to be good at like, kind of like everything, you know, you can't, you just can't be good at PT, you know? So I was put in these uncomfortable situations where I got to deal with all these people. I have to do land navigation. I have to march all these miles, you know, I, then I have to do PRT. Then I have to memorize everything. And I just kept doing really well. And then I was put in leadership roles in, in basic training. And this is where really everything changed for me, you know? the drill sergeant put me in all these leadership positions and I didn't want it because I just didn't think that was who I was. And then I really enjoyed it and people really respected who I was and they were listening to me and I felt like, wow, I can really make an impact in this world. And, you know, I went to AIT, finished that. And it was like, I came home and I remember I had two and a half weeks until the nationals. And I was like, it didn't matter. Like I just knew that I had this other thing that I could unlock to because 
it was so brainwashed into my head that wrestling's not everything. Like people mm -hmm. deploy and people do all these different things. And if like in the military, if you fail at this one job, it is not a slap on the wrist. It is not someone's going to bash you on Twitter. I mean, someone dies literally. Yeah. Yeah. And when I, when that got drilled into my head that, Oh my God, if I don't hold my weight, then something devastating could happen. Mm -hmm. And I just apply that mindset to like everything that I have got to give it everything I have, because, you know, I might have to pick up the weight for my battle buddy who's struggling. You know, today I might have to lift someone up and tomorrow they might have to lift me up. And that, that changed it. You know, I went to nationals I, and I won that. And I remember I just like, I had this attitude that wrestling's, I love wrestling, but it's only six minutes of wrestling, you know, mm -hmm. like there's worse things. And, and that was really the, the start of something great. You know, I, I did that. And then I like, met my wife not long after that. And it was just like the stars <laughs> were aligning for me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's funny. I, in a, in a, you know, everybody's story is different. I can empathize with that a lot, though. One of the things, like, for me personally that had a huge, hugely positive effect on my career was, you know, I had some nasty, nasty stuff happen to a couple members of my family. You know, really fortunate they both got through it. But you realize that life is bigger, right? And I think we as a sport take so much pride in we – who you are is a wrestler, right? That yeah. You hear that a lot. Who you are is a wrestler – and that, you know, we take so much pride in the toughness and all these other things. And that you can do anything in life because you wrestle and that quote that gets put on every t-shirt known to man and, and everything else, you know, from your experiences and in your opinion, how do you think that we as a community, you know, cause I think this is something we need to do a much better job of. How do you think that we as a community can teach at developmental ages can teach kids to view things the way that, you know, that you do or that I do, right? That having lived through it, looking back at it, you know, I mean, just a quick little story, like for you, you say you go to basic and that's your discovery period. For me, I had about four months left of grad school after my last NCAAs. I had class twice a week, right? I'm not going to practice through that. Yeah. <laughs> and that for me was like that four months of, I got to be, I don't want to say like a real person, but like a, a, a civilian. Like I got to be a normal person for the first time in my, literally first time in my conscious life. And I learned more about myself in that four months. I made all kinds of different friends and everything else. Um, so I think there's just so much validity in what you were saying. So yeah. How do you think we as a sport, as a community, as coaches, as athletes, you know, how do we impart that to, to the, those in the developmental stages? Like this is a great sport. It's what you'd love to do, but it's not who you are. Yes, I feel like, uh, yeah, I try to talk about this on Twitter a lot. You know, I think like my pin tweet has been for years, you know, like be a great wrestler, but be a great human too. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, you know, we do, we all put ourselves one time or another in this wrestling box and it's, you become such a selfish mentality. And I think we think that's what means success, right? I think we think if I just think and live and breathe wrestling 24 seven, I'm going to get a gold medal. And it's like, uh, and then what if you do like, okay, if that works for you and you get a gold medal the day after the Olympics, like, who are you now? Like, are you still holding your Olympic medal? And like, do you take it to subway? Like, I, you know, <laughs> like there's a big disconnect there. Like we just think like I've got these accolades and like, you just think you walk everywhere with these accolades mm -hmm. and 
the real thing is like if you walk to Safeway and you go in there, they don't know what, that I wrestle or what I do. I'm just a person. So if I'm an asshole that day, they're just going to know me as that, you know, they're not going to know me for who I am. You know, and I think we excuse this behavior behavior in the wrestling world of like, yeah, but man, they're such a good wrestler. So like, who cares how they treat people? Right. And it's, yeah, uh, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like it, it, it drives me nuts. And I, so I think to answer your question, we have to start developing humans, not wrestlers. Like wrestling is going to come with it, right? Like my coach, like I attribute so much of my success to uh, Jermaine Hodge because he has helped develop me as a person, as a leader, as a soldier, as even as a spouse. You know, I hear the things that he talks about with his family and his dynamics, how he raises his son when this happens. And I'm, in awe of the Hodge family and their dynamics because it's so genuine and it's, it's incredible how like versatile they are, you know, like he's not raising a bunch of like robotic wrestlers, you know, he mm -hmm. wants to make sure that his soldier athletes are good human beings, that they speak to people with respect that they, um, you know, that they really care about the people around them. Like, and witnessing that every day, truly has made me take it into account to want to be a better person. Like, well, dang, he's almost a Sergeant first class now. And he, this is how he acts. You know, he's a Sergeant first class in the army, but he still does things like he's a private, you know, he still mm -hmm. cleans up everything. He still takes care of all the little things that sometimes we think when we get to a certain level, like I'm too good for that. Like I, I don't need to wipe the mats because I'm a state champ. Well, mm -hmm. no, 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 no. You don't become a state champ, you know, overnight. Like you got to still clean the mats. Like it's it. It's important to me. Like when I, when I coach one day, that is truly the influence that I want to lead, that I can be a coach and I can be however high ranking I am in the military, but I'm still going to do the basic work because it's important to de as developmental standpoint of who I am, you know? So I would love to see, you know, coaches really engaging with their athletes. Like, you know, who do, who are they off the mat? What do you do? Like, do you read at night? Do you get your homework done? Are you, um, is your room a little more messy than it probably should be? Like, those are things like when, when a coach takes the time to get to know their athlete, I mean, it, it's a, it's a game changer. You know, when an athlete starts realizing that their coach loves them when they win or lose, they will go to the ends of the earth for their coach. And that's at least how I am. Like if, when I, when I developed this relationship with uh, coach Hodge and I realized that he had my back no matter what, he was more proud of me when I lost final X, you know, he was so proud. Like, he was so proud of what I went through and, you know, he knew what I was dealing with physically and the injuries that I had and the fact that I still was able to show up, you know, and when he was still more proud of me when I lost, I mean, the, the, the amount of like love that I felt. And I was like, next year coach, like, I'm bringing it home. Like we are going mm -hmm. to the world championships, you know, and I talk a lot. <laughs> no, uh, same, but <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it, yeah, it's no, it's so true, though. You know, I feel and, you know, I know that for me, like as a coach, you know, on the coaching side of it now, that's something that, you know, in our club, like the thing we tell our kids every night when we break it down, it's like there's three things you want, like at, at the core, three things you want to be in order of importance. And it's good person, good student, good athlete. Yeah, um, I love that. You know, and and it's super it, it's super basic. People will, you know, even kids will remember that. Um <laughs> You know, and like to your point about the relationships you build with your coaches and being willing to run through a wall for good people, like 
coaches that care about you on a personal level. You know, that's why I chose to wrestle where I did in college and everything. Um, you know, coach Santoro and I, I mean the whole coaching staff that was there, I'm still very close with all of them. And, you know, it's funny, you have moments of clarity, right? You have like moments that whether in the middle of your career after or whatever. So my senior year, I lost in around a 12, um, lost by a point at 59 seconds of riding time, whole nine yards, right? Just like a really, really fun way to end a career. And, about 15 minutes afterwards, uh, we had a break as far as we didn't have any guys wrestling until like 84. And I'm standing next to Coach Santoro, and he gives me a huge hug, and he's like, thanks for coming to Lehigh, man. Like, I'm a better person. Like, I'm really glad that you and I have the relationship we do. And instantly, and like, I, I mean, I cried and everything else, but I'm like, this is why I came here. Like, I don't care about any of the rest of this. Like, this is it. 100%. So... So, yeah, you know, moving past that, um, you know, there's a lot of non-wrestling direct things I kind of want to get into. Um, the first one, though, is more wrestling direct. So you are somebody, you know, and again, you know, you and I graduated high school the same year. And, um, you know, women's wrestling, I I was lucky enough to go to Worlds in New York City in, I think, 03 it was. So jealous. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was funny, too, because – I literally rode my bike home from school. I get home and my mom's standing on the front porch and she's like, Hey, um, Ed Kelly, who's the dad of one of my high school or one of my teammates, you know, it's time I was in elementary school. And he's like, she's like, Ed Kelly just called. Do you want to go to New York city for worlds? It's like Wednesday or Thursday. She's like, you guys <laughs> have to leave tonight. I'm like, yeah. And it's like my first time in New York city, the whole thing. Right. So anyway, Oh you know, th that group, I still to this day remember, like Takara Montgomery still remains one of my all-time favorite USA wrestling athletes. Um, but that group with, with Sarah McMahon and, you know, with all of those women. So that's how I started following as much as you could at the time, right? And that's, yeah. that's kind of my, you know, where I want this to go. You were an elite recruit. You were an elite athlete. You know, you were somebody that on the women's side would be a top five overall recruit, um, would have been in, in our high school graduating class. But it was hard to find information. It was hard to find coverage. It's to be honest, it still is. Um, and it's nowhere, nowhere close to level. So talk about, you know, and obviously it, it has come a very long way. It's still got a very long way to go. Um, you know, you can recognize progress while acknowledging that there's still a lot more to be done, but Talk about how important exposure is, you know, and we can look at it through the lens of the card that's coming up and the fact that there aren't women's matches on that card, but it, just in the broader spectrum, talk about how important exposure is to grow both women's and, you know, obviously directly to you, you know, you've worked with Greco too, you know, so you can speak to both of those demographics, how important exposure is to both of those groups and continuing to grow them. Oh gosh. I mean, it's, it's, it's unreal what exposure can do. And I think a lot of times, I don't know, I see like on social media, it's like, well, there's like, you know, one post and blah, 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 like it's there. See, like we checked the box, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if I have a hard time when I scroll to find women's wrestling and I'm involved in it, you know, like how do we expect people to have knowledge about it? You know, um, like I'll, I'll relate it, relate it to this, right? So with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, 
I have learned genuinely more in the last two and a half months than probably my whole adult life, right? Mm -hmm. And that's thank you to social media for it's so accessible. I don't have an excuse to be ignorant because I can Google things. I can find things out. You know, I can mm -hmm. ask people and educate myself, educate myself. Now, when you relate that to wrestling, if I Google these things and I barely get anything to come up, what am I going to learn, you know? And so us, the wrestling community, certain organizations, whatever you want to call them, you know, if, if Flo is putting out their, putting out content for women's wrestling and Greco and men's freestyle, mm -hmm. it is only going to grow. You know, like I know when people see Spencer Mango, when he used to do his big fives, I mean, people are like starstruck. I'm like, who is that guy? Like, I got to look this, this, this guy up, you know? And if, it's a shame that if they look him up, they can barely find anything. Yeah, and Spencer was must-see every time. Yeah, yeah you don't want to miss any match with Spencer. And his brother's the same way. You do not want to miss a Ryan oh, match. I, trust me, I, I wrestled like, Ryan. It was a horrible <laughs> seven. It, it was like a seven-minute panic attack. I'm like, if I get I, – I think I wrestled Theoki the year before, too. Both times, I'm like, if I get locked up, I'm this is going to get bad. Yes, <laughs> like, I mean, and it's just – exposure matters you know right you've got to like you know my dad always says according to the lottery right well you gotta you gotta be in it to win it jen you know you gotta be in it to win it so you gotta you gotta buy the ticket right you gotta be in it to win it in wrestling too like you have if i don't know about it how can i get involved in it you know i i just like i don't understand the argument of like well oh, women's wrestling has no value like it just it blows my mind and so, I don't know, like, it's, it's just super frustrating to me. Like, I, I want people to know about women's wrestling. I want people to know about Greco. I want people to know about men's freestyle. I care just, I care about every single person. Like, like I've said repeatedly this weekend, of, we all want to see USA on top. Like, who would, mm -hmm. like, why wouldn't you want to see world champs in all three styles? Are you really going to think less of the Greco team if, if they win? You know, like, I, I just, I don't get the disconnect. But like you said, you know, it, exposure matters and being able like for college coaches to be able to look up someone in their stats and see how they are sometimes for WCAP, you know, how did I go to recruit? And we're like, Oh, we can't, we can't find the match from nationals. It's like not really filmed. Like it didn't, nothing happened with it. We can't even find the results of the tournament. Mm -hmm. And this is 2019 nationals. <laughs> and we're trying to look up females to recruit and we're like, damn, don't even know who won it. Like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and I think part of that, um, when you're talking about creating, generating interest and generating fans, right? Because at the end of the day, you know, one tends to follow the other. And, you know, as your fan base grows, you can do more cards and you can just do more, right? Because money makes the world go round. Fans create revenue. So for, you know, Helen Maroulis um, is, is someone that obviously she's an enormous, I mean, she's literally a landmark name in women's wrestling and American women's wrestling. But I use her as the example for, for me because the guys I wrestled for at Lehigh were coaching at the University of Maryland at the time Helen was growing up and that she went to their club, right? So I remember first started out, and obviously, you know, in 2011, Helen was already, you know, competing at that level and everything. But I remember I learned Helen's story through them, right? So I learned about the struggle she went through, about them, you know, Coach Santoro and Dylan, like some, you know, funny stories about them, you know, parents being mad that Helen was beating their kid up, basically, that a girl was beating their kid and everything else. 
So I became invested in Helen in watching Helen because I knew her story. Yes. <laughs> so I think one of the things, you know, and I just, I want, you know, I want really you to open up on this because you've lived it. How much of a difference does it make? Do you think when, you know, fans, you know, you and I are going to know people's stories because we've immersed ourselves in this sport. We always will. It's just, it's a big part of who we are. Right. But to the average to slightly above average fan that tunes in when things are pushed right to your point about exposure, how much of a difference does knowing that individual athlete story make? It's the reason I think people tune in, you know, I, when you are invested in someone and their success, you're going to show up to watch. You are going to pay attention. You are going to want to be in the know because they're, in your mind, your people because you know of them and you're mm -hmm. excited. Like people might cheer for me because I'm a New Yorker and they are New Yorkers. And so they're like, heck yeah. So I have maybe that fan base, right? And then some people in the military will see me and they're like, shit, she's an army person. Like we have got to cheer for her. So they know a little bit about me because I'm a soldier. And so now they're invested and myself, like if I'm, you know, I don't know, like whatever sport it is, right. If it's basketball, if I don't know anything about magic Johnson, like he's just some really good player. But if I know the struggles that he went through and what he did for his community and all these people, I mean, now I'm 10 times more the fan. And not only am I just a fan and want to watch him, I want to buy his merchandise. Now I'm like, this dude did so much. I have got to have his jersey. I have got to be, have his mm -hmm. team colors. You know, I'm so invested that that's, you know, like, <laughs> like that's what you want to do. And like, you have got to, you've got to just get to know people. And I think that's why, you know, like social media is a huge help. The 20, was it 2012? or 2016, I can't remember which one, I think it was 2012, in comparison to 2008, was through the roof because people were like watching it on TV and then they were like, I gotta look them up. I'm looking them up, oh, my, mm -hmm. this is their social media, like, and everything's different back then. So they're like, wow, like, this is crazy. And like, so now I've watched them on the screen, I followed them because they seem really cool. And mm -hmm. then now I get to see a little bit about their story, you know, like, what do they do? What, like, what's their family dynamic, you know? And I think, if people knew your story or anyone's story, I think there's not really a person that you wouldn't like, you know, I think we make judgment calls and we judge a little too quickly as a society. Mm -hmm. And we often forget like what they're going through. You know, you don't know what, like what you could relate with. Like I'm sure there's a something with every single person in my weight class that I could relate to. And I could be like, yeah, like we, we can relate on that level, you know? And I think finding common ground is super important and you know to the credit like final x the final x both years were super important because people got to actually like see us in a different realm and it was it wasn't a whole tournament you couldn't get lost it was one match so i think final mm -hmm. x is important because you're like you you whether you like it or not if you're here for jordan burrows you still have to watch jenna burkett because we are on this <laughs> mat so People were like, all right, I'm going to watch the women because I paid for this event. And then they're like, oh, man, I kind of like how she, she wrestles. She's got, she's got heart, whatever, whatever it is, you know. Mm -hmm. And then they, they stay tuned a little bit more. And that just, like, that just goes to show you, like, when you really get to see people. And 
if it's constantly on your newsfeed and you're learning about these people, I mean, it's a no brainer. You're just going to really invest in who they are. Yeah. So, you know, a big part of your story, you know, and you've mentioned your wife a couple of times and everything, um, you know, we just had pride month and everything else, you know, big part of your story, obviously is you're a huge advocate um, for LGBTQ rights and everything. And, you know, obviously because you live it, you know, you and your wife live it every day. Talk about, you know, and you can get as personal or not, or, or as personal or not about this, but, you know, talk about just your experience of, you know, basically as a high, as an elite level athlete of publicly coming out and what, you know, the effect that that's had on your life and the relationships of the people around you since. Yeah. I mean, coming out in general, it's a, it's a really tough thing. I think a lot of people, you know, it's not your life. You just don't understand. And, you know, I talk about this a lot, like your true self, it, it matters. You know, when you're comfortable with who you are, you will have more success in your life, whether that be at school, professionally, on the mat, with your friends. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's super important to me because I spent a lot of my life not really being my true self, you know, wasn't really comfortable, felt like I had to be a certain way, dress a certain way, you know, because I was truthfully trying to please everybody but myself. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about what that, like what I was going through and all that, and then you're like, well, of course you had some rough times on the mat. Like you're struggling so much on every different realm. Like how could you possibly perform on the mat? You know? And I was around a lot of people that it was just like, you don't want to be a female wrestler and be gay because it's like, Oh, you're just the stereotype. Everyone already <laughs> thinks female wrestlers are gay. And it's just like this big thing. And so that was a big fight internally. Like I didn't want to be that. And like, I just, I didn't want to be labeled. It was, it was a lot, you know, and it was terrifying because people, people relate to straight people more because if that's what you are, you connect with it. And so not everybody. Right. But that's like how it's put out a lot. And so it was terrifying to come out because I just thought I was going to lose all those people that liked me. I was people were just not going to think I was a role model and because I was gay. Right. So it it was really, it was difficult. You know, there's a long time when I would get interviewed and people would ask me like, Oh, like your boyfriend. And I was terrified to say girlfriend. Oh my God. Like, cause it's it's, when you've got to meet people and and talk about yourself and you're like, yeah, I have a girlfriend. Like, I mean, I would mumble that or just like, you know, And then the moment that I really just was like, man, I really don't care what people think. Like, I'm happy. Like, I'm just going to live that life. You know, Sarah preached that to me so often. Sarah Hildebrandt, you know, just like, just be happy. And I started to really take that into account and not really care what anyone, what anyone thought. And the more that I put myself out there in the wrestling world, honestly, the like more better feedback I've gotten, you know, I still go to tournaments and do clinics and parents still treat me honestly the same. Like I, you know, there's really not a big difference. And so that's why I'm very like encouraging to the men and women who message me and they're struggling to come out and everyone's story is different. And it's just, to me, like I try to remind them that people just love who you are and not what, who you love. And so that's, that's huge, you know, and the wrestling community, I've been lucky right? But there's still, you know, I felt passionate about Pride Month and the logo change because, you know, I, whether I like it or not, like I'm the like 
symbol of women's wrestling, but as the gay athlete, like I'm the gay wrestler, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I am worldwide, you know, and people are either like for that or they're very against that, you know, <laughs> it is like the foreigners, like that's not their culture and they do not. Oh, yeah. That. And, you know, like I get messages from people threatening literally my life when I go overseas. And so when I was talking to Rich Bender, I was like, I don't think you realize what an important statement putting the, the pride logo for the USA wrestling means because mm-hmm. it shows other countries that we are with our athletes, all of them. And that was super important to me because I was like, you know, I know you guys don't get this like at USA wrestling, but you know, I have people that are like, you better never step like in broken English, obviously, right, right. Like, you better not ever come to Russia or like, we'll kill you. Like mm-hmm. literally. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I never steer away from a group when I'm overseas. You know, I try to be as more to myself as possible. And that's a, that's crappy. You know, like I wish that when I'm in other countries that I was still felt comfortable to always be myself, but you've got to understand where you're at and the culture there and mm-hmm. kind of behave accordingly. So yeah. it was a interesting experience being over in Italy uh, with Alex, my wife, and how the Russian uh, female wrestlers, like how they reacted to us, like they literally looked at us with disgust. Like when we were together and it was like funny to me because I was like, hey, I just beat your ass. So like, uh, you know, like whatever. <laughs> like if that's how you feel, if you don't like me, like that's cool. Um, so yeah, it's as much as there's a lot of good, there's still a lot of bad, you know, and I think it's important to talk about. I think a lot of times I was trying to protect the younger athletes and I wanted, I was like, I was willing to take all the hits, you know, mm-hmm. if I'm the one that's getting verbally attacked and people want to talk crap to me, like I'm, you know, I will take that if it helps the next generation of younger wrestlers that are, you know, coming out. But I've realized this weekend that it's so much more important to really actually talk about your, the, your struggles or your experiences. Otherwise people don't know about them. And I think there's like, you know, like I'm not trying to blast anyone. Right. But on social media, there's all these rumors of people and they're messaging young athletes, young female athletes. And it's, it happens all the time. It's, it's happened for years. It's mm-hmm. it happens in society, you know, and I hope parents are more aware because that is the downside, right. Of being a female in this sport. Uh, you know, people think that they can say a lot of things to you and, you've got to be careful. Right. And I think mm-hmm. parents really try to teach their kids to be careful who they talk to. And that's an important message. I know when we're younger, we are invincible and everybody's our friend, but you've got to be smart and you've got to, you know, be, you know, like you want to trust people, but you also have to have a little guard up. And so that's an important thing. You know, I, I've been reading a lot over the past weekend and I was talking to my wife a lot about it and, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, man, this has been going on a long time. It is a another aspect of female wrestling and what we go through, you know, like, and that's just not even counting the slew of messages of males trying to wrestle us and, you know, like all those inappropriate messages. And I'm 27. So if someone says something to me, I'm going to light them up. But if someone's 14 years old, like, oh my gosh. So I, re- I was that age, you know, I remember how, Oh, I didn't want to cause any trouble. And if any young females are listening, you like speak up, you know, seriously speak up. Your story deserves to be heard. It is super important. You don't deserve to be treated a certain way. And that goes to males too. Everyone, you know, like 
you don't deserve to get bullied. This is not, I will not tolerate that, you know, and that, that that's not tolerated in our program at WCAP. You know, you speak to people in a professional way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and you covered so much there, but I think it's just a thousand percent true. And it's awesome to see how passionate you are about it because at the core of everything you just said is treat people as people. Um, so, you know, one thing I'm always curious about is just the life of a WCAP athlete aside from wrestling, right? That just the military side of things. What's it like rolling that, you know, having that in parallel to wrestling and, you know, you know, kind of a second question, but how are WCAP athletes, what's your interaction like with the rest of, you know, the people with whom you serve, you know, on a day-to-day basis? Right. Um, you know, I, what, what I think WCAP offers is, right, stellar wrestling. You've got a great facility. You've got all that. But you've got great leaders, and mm-hmm. they want the best out of their soldier athletes. And the whole program does, you know, and they really push you to be better, right? So uh, right now, you know, I'm studying for, like, my soldier of the month board. And I'm like, you know, at first I'm like, ugh, really? Like, I don't want to do this right now. Like, da 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 and then I'm realizing, like, okay, this is another aspect for me to grow and get better and test my knowledge uh, and perform in a different way. So I'm not competing, but I'm competing in a different realm. And so I think they just – you get this whole other dynamic of, like, discovering who you are and another aspect. Like, there's all types of leaders. You know, we talk about this in the Army a lot. There's all types of leaders, and no one way works for everyone. But qualities that – don't make a good leader are like, you know, being selfish, like always thinking you're right. You know, like you, you've got to be humble. Like you can, you can learn so much from like junior enlisted, uh, your peers, everyone. Mm -hmm. And so I've really gotten to enjoy that part and testing myself in a new realm. And, you know, (laughs) like I've gotten so many friends being in the military and, and they're like my, my fans for life, you know, like these guys, I mean, I had a few of them over this past weekend to watch the fights, you know, and it's nice because I get to interact with people that aren't wrestlers. It's a totally different world. And, you know, they are rooting for me a hundred percent. You know, when I was at BLC back in November and I was showing them, you know, who I might have to wrestle and this, this and that. And they're like, you're going to kill her. Like, da, da, da. like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> like, you know, I had the whole class just like, getting pumped you know they are fans for life and and that's a really nice aspect you know like I've got these these guys and females that are just like it's a whole support system and so when I go and wrestle you know I feel so like passionate and like strong because people like holding me up like it's hard for me to stumble because I have people holding me up at every different every different direction you know so I'm not going to fall whether I win or lose, I'm not going to fall because I have people that are behind me and like who I am and are just rooting for me in the military, uh, in wrestling, in life, you know, and it's, it's a really like, I'm so grateful for that aspect. And I'm always grateful for the army to be able to like, just learn new skills, you know, like I've been studying and I only got like notified last Friday that I was going to the board. And so I've been like studying. And on Friday I was like failing all these flashcards. And I was like, 
I was getting so pissed off because I was like, how is this stuff not just like, why don't I memorize it already? And then today I'm like flying through these flashcards and I'm like, dang, I can't believe I know all these cards already, you know, like mm -hmm. it just, it's a nice aspect to be able to do something else and be passionate about something else. So, you know, just out of curiosity, post wrestling, do you think, you know, that's something that you'll continue to do, you know, you'll continue to serve long term or what, the, what do you think the future post wrestling, not that that's necessarily anytime soon, but post wrestling, you know, what, what do you see there? Yeah. I mean, I definitely like, I definitely want to stay in the military for a while. Um, you know, not sure if I'll do my 20 years, but you know, I like giving back in that realm. And so mm -hmm. I think, you know, after I'm done wrestling, I'll still be in the military. And if, you know, like if God keeps me at WCAP or if he puts me somewhere else, and if I someday make my way back to WCAP and, you know, those are, those are goals of mine. You know, at the end of the day, mm -hmm. I am really passionate about like working with people and developing people. And, and that's just something that I feel very strongly about. And so if I can have any type of influence in the army and, I think there's something to say about a female who stays in the army and climbs the ranks. And so that's something I really just want to do personally. Um, just because, you know, it, there's obviously more high ranking men than there are women. So mm -hmm. I would like to continue to climb the ranks and I would like to continue to, you know, influence others to climb the ranks. I, I've, I've looked out, I've had great female NCOs pretty much everywhere I've been. And so I, they have just been incredible incredible leaders and top-notch work ethic and that so that's just always been what I've been around and so it's definitely like you you want to become what you're around mm -hmm. yeah 100% you become a product of your environment definitely so I you know I, and we've covered so much um, my head's kind of spinning but you know is there anything else that that you've got for us you know there's so much going on in the wrestling world right now um some good some not ideal um you know anything that that you want to bring up or get out there or anything like that i mean yeah it's been it's been a, it's been a weekend man holy crap I, <laughs> I just like you know women's wrestling like it matters greco matters like men's freestyle matters and i just i really hope you know the people at flow wrestling i hope i hope that they can like really get behind the mentality of like, it's okay to not be great at everything. Like we can all improve, you know, it is not like a, we hate, you know, you guys like, yes, you guys have done great things for the sport. I would like to see improvements. And I think, you know, I think there's a lot that can be made. And so that's really, it's important. And yeah, there's a lot to unpack. I hope, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I hope there's actually changes that can get made because I think it's time I think we have the momentum behind us. I think a lot of people don't realize all the little things that go on. And at the end of the day, women and Greco, like they should be on the cards. Like it should, that's the only way you're going to get to know these athletes. And so that's super important. Um, the only thing, other thing I will probably add is um, like talking about like, you know, how, you know, we need to grow women's wrestling. And like mm -hmm. one of the things that I've been working on this past month is I've been working with Cody Brewer and uh, uh, Jared Freyer and those guys. Mm -hmm. And so I'll actually be splitting some of my time with Army WCAP and I'll be going to Virginia and I'll be training uh, at Virginia Tech a little bit. So 
that's just my little input. It's, it's not full-time. Obviously, I'm a WCAP athlete through and through, mm -hmm. but I will be uh, – WCAP has put us in a great position where you can be an Army WCAP soldier, but you can also – uh, be linked to some RTCs and go train there and uh, get exposure with different coaches. So I think that's something not many people know, um, but it's something that our Greco guys, they all train out of the Illinois RTC, a lot of them. Yep. Um, and some Luke was at like Northwestern, but yeah, so it's a really good opportunity. And I like, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful that like, again, coach Hodge, right? So he's humble, humble enough to know that he's mainly knows a lot about Greco. He knows a lot about freestyle because he did that, but He's like, yeah, he, I encourage you to, to get to know different RTCs so that you can see who might work best for you. And, you know, I, I feel really confident with my decision to go to the South, uh, Southeast uh, Regional Training Center because I've you know, talked to those guys the last like month and a half. And so I'm really excited about that opportunity to be going to Virginia and just working with those guys. They're some of the top guys. And I think it's going to mm -hmm. be, and, uh, you know, James Green obviously is now there. So I think it'll be a really good experience. No, that's awesome. And I don't know, was that public news at all? No, I just I decided to drop it right now. <laughs> that's awesome. We just broke news. Let's go. Yeah. That's a, this is a first for me. <laughs> no, that's that's awesome. Congratulations. And that's um, – no, they, they, they've got a great gig. Blacksburg's, Blacksburg itself is awesome. Um, beautiful place, and especially I'm sure you enjoy the outdoors, so that's a good yeah. place for it. Um, but no, that's, that's all. That's incredible stuff. Um, you know, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Go, go check out your Jeep, but, um, <laughs> you know, I'm so thankful for, you know, for all that you do, all that you are, you know, the service that, you know, thank you for your service to our country, you know, first and foremost, um, the, the rest of us are not able to do what we do on a daily basis. I'm not able to bop around and goof around in the wrestling world. Um, if we don't have the country that we do, but, you know, thankful for you being so open and, and not just today, you know, your ability to tell your story is awesome. And I appreciate you being so open about it with me, but your willingness to do it every day. Um, you know, I, I can't speak to it personally, but I'm sure I would have to imagine it gives countless young girls and, uh, you know, and boys too the, the courage to be who they want to be and to do what they want to do, which is all any of us really want. Absolutely. And no, seriously, thank you. It is, I love following you on social media because you're just such a, like another positive like person. And it's like, it's super refreshing. And I think you totally have the platform where you would talk about, you know, being comfortable with who you are and, you know, like going back to pride month a little bit real quick. It's just like, that's why mm -hmm. I was really proud of like Tony Ramos for making a lot of statements. And, you know, I know mm -hmm. Nate angle, like he's with Oregon, you know, he is super kind to my family. Like we are big Nate angle fans here. Nate's and the best. He is, he is the best. And, you know, just like those supportive people are, they're everything. And I think the more coaches that publicly make these statements and support, because you can think a lot of things and it's great, but if you don't, you know, publicly kind of like kind of support it, I, I know that sounds shallow, but it will just encourage so many young men and women to be comfortable with who they are. And that doesn't mean like, you know, like sexuality wise, you know, it's just like, it's about everything. If a, if a child is comfortable to tell you about maybe his life story mm -hmm. and, maybe like his parents are struggling to pay the bills. If you as a coach know that, you know, it, it will just help your athletes so much more. So I, I really like this goes out to all coaches just to genuinely at every single level, get to know your athlete because I promise you, like I said earlier, your athletes will work so much harder for you. So mm -hmm. seriously. Yeah. Thank you for having me on and for being such a positive, uh, 
person and your shoe game is killer. So <laughs> that's important too. Oh, we didn't talk shoes. We I actually had, I had that on my list. <laughs> um, I, I'm genuinely mad at myself for that. All right. Shot out of a cannon. What's the next pair of shoes you're after? So I've been really wanting these, like, <laughs> I know, I, like, I've been looking all over. Well, I just want, like, a really, like, a pair of, like, black and gold shoes. You know, I'm all about Army Debbie Cap, but I really wanted these, like, Jordan 5s that I saw in black and gold. They've, yep. been, pretty, they've been hard to hunt down. So those I, are... I know exactly what ones you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're t you're talking, like, like, W Capital, not Vegas gold. Oh, yeah, yeah, W Capital. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah, see, I'm... I'm not from Pittsburgh, but I'm from like an hour and a half north. So it's the same thing. It's like Pittsburgh gold. I'm like, no, that's that's a different gold. That's Vegas oh, gold. I know those colors. It's freaking Erin <laughs> Tomia, man. She is <laughs> such a hardcore. Oh fan. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe I didn't put that together till now. But no, again, thank you so much. Um this is this has been a blast. It's been a really quick hour or whatever it's been. Um it's shout out to, shout out to your wife for um allowing you the hour to to come talk wrestling. I'm sure she never Connor, gets enough of it he seems so bored with me he's like this this call <laughs> i was cracking I up just watching him pass out i know every so often he would move around and then pass back out yeah so, but no thank you so so much um hope you know everybody out there you're well staying safe as much as you know any of us can with this virus and um whenever it may be i can't wait to see you get back on the mat and um best of luck moving forward definitely yeah thank you so much Absolutely. Take it easy, Jenna. You too. Bye. Bye.